I'm Lydia, and I'm one of the children's ministers here. It's great to see you, and especially welcome if you're new or visiting. Yeah, I come here a lot to dance, so. Uh, I wanted to start this morning with some potential controversy, actually. So I want to play a game, because we're looking at Jonah. I have, you know, coined this game as Whales or Tails. So I, I thought that was quite funny. So I'm going to show you a picture of something. And if you think this picture is right and the thing belongs where it is, I want you to put your arms in front of you like a whale, okay? Can everyone do that? I want some demonstrations, yeah? And if you disagree, then I want you to put your hands behind you like a tail. Pretty simple, right? Whales or tails? And you'll see what I mean if you're confused. So could we have the first picture up this morning? So where are, what are we? Are we a whale or are we a tail? I need some, some opinions on this. It's, it's a bit split. I personally am probably this on this one, but I think there's about 50-50. All right, what's the next one, please? Say ketchup in the cupboard. And to clarify, this is after it's been opened. Okay? So, for me, this is a definite no-no. I like my ketchup ice cold. But there's a few people who I'm not, I'm just, yeah, not sure how I feel about that. So some people put their ketchup in the cupboard after it's open. Right. Number three is chocolate in the fridge. How do we feel about this one? Do we agree? Do we disagree? Again, I've got to say, I am a very strong disagree. The only exception if it's a very hot day, but most of the time, no thank you. All right, the next one. Chips dipped in milkshake. Yeah, McDonald's fries, strawberry milkshake. All the non-believers out there, try it, okay? That's, that's homework. Okay, and number five, our last one, gravy on chips. <laughs> there's some, I think that's been the most controversial actually, um, there's a few groans, murmurings, okay, so the point of this little exercise is that for the majority of those things, apart from the chips dipped in milkshake, they do not belong there, that's my personal stance, they do not belong there, and that's just like our story today, a man inside a fish. Have you ever seen a man inside a fish, not in a photo? Have you ever been inside a big fish, one that's alive? Probably not. So we're talking today about a man called Jonah. We've just been singing about him. God told him to go to a place called Nineveh. Jonah said no, jumped on another ship. And then through sort of some circumstances, he ends up in the middle of a fish. So he ran away from God, he disobeyed God, and here is where he ended up. And like I said, people don't belong in fish. So we're going to read a little bit of the story of Jonah now. So if you've got a busy bag, you can turn to the story of Jonah, or it's going to come up on the screen. So it's starting right at the end of Jonah 1. And the Lord caused a very big fish to swallow Jonah. Jonah was in the stomach of the fish three days and three nights while Jonah was in the stomach of the fish, he prayed to the Lord his God. Jonah said, I was in danger, so I called to the Lord, and he answered me. 
I was about to die, so I cried to you, and you heard my voice. You threw me into the sea. I went down, down into the deep sea. The water was all around me. Your powerful waves flowed over me. I said I was driven out of your presence, but I hoped to see your holy temple again. The waters of the sea closed over me. I was about to die. The deep sea was all around me. Seaweed wrapped around my head. I went down to where the mountains of the sea start to rise. I thought I was locked in this prison forever, but you saved me from death, Lord my God. When my life had almost gone, I remembered the Lord. I prayed to you, and you heard my prayers in your holy temple. People who worship useless idols give up their loyalty to you. Lord, I will praise you and thank you while I give sacrifices to you. I will make promises to you, and I will do what I promise. Salvation comes from the Lord. Then the Lord spoke to the fish, and the fish spat Jonah out of its stomach onto the dry land. So why don't I pray? Father God, thank you that we can be together. Thank you that we can read your word together. And I pray you would speak to us through the story of Jonah this morning. Amen. So Jonah was inside of a fish, somewhere he'd never, ever been before. And what did he do? Our passage tells us that he prayed. So this morning, very simply, I want to say three things that I think we can learn about prayer through Jonah's example. And if you're confused about what prayer is, because sometimes we can say prayer a lot, prayer is lots of things. But if you're going out with a friend, if you're hanging out with someone, sometimes it's hard to define what you do. You might talk, you might listen, you might play together, you might do stuff together, you might eat together, you might just spend time together. You might not say very much at all. And prayer is a bit like that. It's being with our friend God. So number one, pray where you are, even if you've never been there before, and even if you shouldn't be there. So Jonah was in the midst of this really dangerous situation, and he knew, Jonah knew that he'd run away from God. Jonah knew that he'd done something wrong, but he still decided to pray. He still decided to talk to God. And often when we've done something wrong, we want to hide away, don't we? We might feel a bit guilty or a bit ashamed or a bit embarrassed. And we don't want to talk to anyone about it. We don't want to talk to our parents or our friends. And we definitely don't want to talk to God. Jonah probably didn't feel at his spiritual best during his time in the fish. I'm just going to throw that out there as a guess. He probably wasn't feeling top of the world. I'm a great follower of God. He was probably feeling a little bit shamed and a little bit embarrassed and probably glad that nobody could see him. But his, where he was, his circumstances led him to praising and thanking God in prayer. And it's an amazing story of God's saving work in his life. And Jonah's prayer really brings that out. He says, God, you saved me. And his disobedience, his wrongdoing, his actions actually led him into this real deep, intimate place with God, where he had this real deep um, yeah, relational moment. Sometimes we make prayer about saying the right things, don't we? Or doing the right things, or being in the right position, or being in the right place. And all of those things sometimes can actually stop us from praying. 
Following a format is a really good thing to do, and it can be really helpful. But prayer is so many things, like I said, and it encompasses many different things. It's, it's quite knotty. It's quite complicated. The more you sort of start to think about prayer, I think the more confused and hurt my brain gets because I'm like, I don't really understand prayer. I don't really understand everything about it. But sometimes, especially adults, we prioritize the wrong thing. We want to do it in the right way, and we want to be good at praying. I don't think we can be good at praying. I think praying is just what we learn to do, and it will look different where we are. Jonah probably never prayed the prayers he prayed, like when he prayed in the whale. And sometimes we get it wrong, and sometimes we get a bit ashamed and a bit complex, and we think we have to come a certain way. But we come to prayer. We come to prayer to God covered in Jesus' righteousness. That is the only way we can have relationship with God, is because Jesus made that way for us. And that is how we come to prayer. So all of the other things, while they're important and while they're good and while they're helpful, They have to follow that we come because of Jesus. And prayer is powerful because of who we're praying to and because of how it changes our perspective, how it changes our vision, how it changes our priorities. It refocuses our attention on God as the king rather than our own needs. And prayer reconnects us with God, doesn't it? So pray where you are whether that's in the middle of rejoicing, whether that's in the middle of sorrow, whether that's inside a fish, whether that's inside a job you hate or a job you're not sure of or a school lesson that is really horrible, you can pray there and then. Secondly, pray through the reality of your emotions. So I said pray where you are physically, but pray how you are, so how you're feeling emotionally. Chapter 2 that we read is full of real emotion. Jonah doesn't shy away from all these feelings. He's feeling scared, he's feeling desperate, he's feeling sad, he's feeling anguished. But then he's also feeling praise, he's also feeling sorry. And he prays the sort of mix and match of where he is, doesn't he? And it really reminds me of the Psalms, which is a book in the Bible which is full of poetry where people are real. They lay themselves out there and they say, God, I don't get it. Or God, you're amazing. Or whatever it is they're feeling, they bring it before God. I'm someone who, I like to write poetry, a lot of which will never ever be read or seen by anyone else, thank goodness, because it's probably very bad. But when I like writing, I like laying everything out on the page, putting it all out there. All the things I don't know how to say, all the unsaid thoughts in my head, all the complicated bits. And prayer is meant to be a bit like that, an outpouring of all the thoughts, of all the distractions, of all the dreams, all the emotions, all the unsaid things and unsung things. And Jonah, he faced his emotional reality. He was real. And that realness leads him to being deeply thankful and deeply in awe of God. And Jonah is like really reassured when he's in the fish of God's love for him and God's sovereignty and the fact that God is in control. Even in the midst of, I don't want to think about what was inside that fish's stomach, but 
Jonah prayed how he was feeling. And I think usually if we're real long enough, if we give it long enough with God and let all the sort of religious bit come out and then we let all our feelings come out, we usually end up in a healthier place than when we began. Prayer isn't about escaping from life. It's not a way out. Prayer is our lifeline in the midst of all of the reality of life. Prayer teaches us that God, who sees us, who knows us, who loves us, exactly where we are and exactly how we are feeling. And then thirdly and lastly, keep on praying. Jonah, if we read his whole story, he's not exactly the model prophet, is he? He disobeys God, and then even after he goes to Nineveh and God does this amazing work of redemption, Jonah's still angry and um, a bit confused about what the right thing was. And the thing is, Jonah's not a model prophet, but his three days in the fish, they can serve to remind us of three days in the tomb, of the one man who was the model prophet, of the one man who got it right, of the one man who did everything for us. And that man is Jesus. And that's why that song we sang, that's why it talks about Jesus in the grave. So whilst Jonah wasn't the model prophet, his honesty and his candor and his dialogue with God that seems quite open throughout the book, that is to be admired. Even when he's angry at God, even when he doesn't understand, he takes that anger and those questions to God. We serve a very kind, a very loving, a very gracious, a very compassionate God. A God who uses the Jonas of the world, which is me and you, let's be honest about it. And a God who sent himself to die in our place. We're living in strange times still for many, many reasons. And they're painful and it's confusing. And we can feel a bit jaded. We can feel a bit jaded and tired when we come to pray. But as Jonah's beautiful prayer ends, salvation comes from the Lord. Our salvation doesn't come from having it all together. It doesn't come from saying the right thing or doing the right thing or or even praying or coming to church. Prayer is our way to talk to God, to be with God, to join in with what God's doing. And it is essential for our health as Christian disciples. If we want to be good followers of God, we need to talk to him and keep on talking to him. Even if it's chaotic, even if it's sometimes more of a gesture than the posture we'd like it to be, Like I said, I don't think we can be bad at praying. Everything in life, have you noticed, it seems to come down to communication in some way or another. Whether that's rereading an email about 10 times trying to discern the meaning of regards as the sign-off, or whether it's trying to communicate with your toddler who is just saying snack at you and that's the only word they want to say. Everything seems to come down to communication whether that's words, whether that's our body language, whether that's lots of different things. And prayer is our way of communicating with God. It's our way of being with God. And if we want to know more about God and his will and his plan and how he would have us live, then prayer is the way to do it. 
So like Jonah, pray where you are, even if it's in the middle of a dark, smelly fish. Whatever your circumstances, pray there. And pray how you are, however you're feeling. Like Jonah was probably feeling hungry after three days, I imagine. But pray how you are. And keep on praying. That's so important. It is not the way to our salvation, but it is a means of living our salvation. So I'm going to pray for us as I finish. God, thank you for the story of Jonah. Thank you that you, Jesus, were not the reluctant prophet and that you came and died for us. And I thank you for the gift of prayer that allows us to be with you and be real with you. And I pray that each of us going from here today would um, discover new ways to pray, new ways to be with you. Amen. Thank you, Lydia, very much. I love that. We all go off track from time to time. And just pray wherever you are. And as Jonah prayed, God got him back on track and met with him. And if you don't know the story, do read it. It's very short in the Bible, cracking story. Uh, and God uses him to bring the good news to Nineveh. And many are saved. Now, our last song is Lost or Saved at the sound of God's great name. We're going to uh, stand and sing this last song as we bring to God the people on our heart, our own situations. Let's pray uh, that God will indeed meet with us as we worship him. So please stand and we'll sing. Lost are saved Find their way At the sound Of your great name All condemned Feel no shame At the sound Of your great name Every fear has no